When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Well, good morning, everybody. Looky, looky, looky. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. Beautiful Saturday morning. In San Antonio and the Texas Hill Country, welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, so happy to be with you. We uh, we were off last week because of some Aggies football, but it's uh, great to be back in the saddle. Great to be back here on a beautiful Saturday morning to answer your home improvement questions and spend a little time with you. Uh, my name is Martin Bomba. That's my buddy Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, after all, like I said, what the show is all about is answering your home improvement questions. It's uh, it's what we can do to help you this morning. Phone number is 210-599-5555, We uh, We will get to your calls as quickly and as, and as often as we can throughout the course of this show. Uh, I'm sure that there are lots of questions out there since we haven't been on for, for a couple of weeks, and uh, we, we look forward to talking to you. It's been... Just a tremendously busy time in our business right now and continues to be a busy time in our business as more and more people are taking advantage of uh, you know their, their time at home to do more home improvement product projects and and, uh, and, and actually help uh, make things better and and, uh, and and improve things around their house windows siding doors uh, these are all things that are part of that mix and and uh, window world is proud to say that we are the number one home improvement company in the nation and we do uh, so much of that each and every day but one of the things that continues to be a challenge is uh, is supply lines and labor and uh, and we you know this is this is a, a meeting that we have not weekly but probably every other day at our office discussing these uh, these delays and these uh, and these times and these delivery delays with with not only our staff but with our customers and uh, and and the importance of of staying on top of these these things as much as we can but setting more importantly setting the proper expectation with customers when it comes to lead times and delays in our industry and uh, and and I've said you know in the past month or two that I don't see an end of this from all of the trade magazines that I read, from all of the news reports that I read, and from everything that I see myself in the field and at the manufacturing level, I don't see these types of things resolving or getting back to some semblance of normal until probably uh, late 2023. And and by late, I mean probably mid to late third quarter, fourth quarter of 2023. And if that is the case, then we, we're in for a little bit of time with this. And it simply means one thing, uh, and that is that we have to exercise more patience than we've ever exercised in a time whenever it's more difficult to exercise patience than it ever has been at any other time. And that's something that, that you know you, you see all over. You'll see it on news reports. You'll see it on, um, uh, you'll see it on gosh, uh, the, the airlines are, are a great example of, um, uh, of, um, you know of of you know just just about uh every day you see a report of somebody else behaving badly on a flight because they're angry about having to wear a mask or any other number of things i i, I forgot what the number was uh but it's it's staggering the amount of people that have been arrested and have been involved in these types of, of events and 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 it's 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 a frustration that is coming out in those types of ways and we see it in our business too we uh, you know, we have have customers that uh, you know think that their their product should be here in a certain amount of time, and even though we have have stated they're not going to be here in that amount of time, and and uh, after a certain point, there's a frustration level that just comes out, and 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 I do really and truly attribute it 
to a uh, an environment that we're in right now that is not uh, a very friendly environment sometimes. And, and uh, again, people, if they would do one thing, and that is take a deep breath, realize that most of these things that they're so upset about are not life and death, exercise some patience, we'll all get through it, and it'll be, it'll be just fine. Um, but but back back to our industry, in the window and siding industry, one of the disconcerting things, one of the difficult things from the standpoint of, of honest um, companies, and there are many, many honest companies out there doing windows and siding and, and doors and things of that nature. There's lots of great companies. Um, but there are some that will embellish the time that they can get your products in in order to close a deal, make a sale, and uh, and, and and get that get that deal done. Well, unfortunately, by the time you realize that there was no way they were going to meet that timeline, it's too late. You can't cancel the contract, and you're stuck. And uh, and and that makes life difficult on those companies that are out there telling the truth about lead times. And the truth about lead times on Windows right now, okay, Windows and many door products right now. The truth is, if anyone and I mean anyone, tells you that they can get those for you in any less than about 14 to 16 weeks plus is absolutely not being honest with their customer. Um, if, if they can somehow get them in less time than that, it's a stock product that they make fit. Uh, it is not a custom product. And with many custom products, including painted finishes uh, on the exteriors of windows, um, single hung windows, believe it or not, these are these are huge delays. Single hung windows in in the uh, building industry, not the remodeling industry, but but building industry. Uh, these these are are horribly delayed items. I mean, I'm talking thirty weeks uh, in some cases. Uh, I, I've had builders call me up and tell me that they're waiting at least six months plus for these types of windows and they you know they want to know can window world get them faster well the fact of the matter is we can't because uh many of the same suppliers have the same problems um and and so uh, again if 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 you're buying windows right now if you're if you're purchasing windows for your home know that you won't get them in by christmas it's not going to happen you're not going to get them in by the first of the year uh, in most cases right now at window world because of the volume that we do and, and, and a finite amount of good quality installers, the timeline that we are telling customers right now is 20-plus weeks. And, and that is a realistic timeline. Um, we, we don't know how that will fluctuate, but as things stand right now, that is where we're at. And, uh, and we hate to tell anybody that, but we have found that most of our customers uh, didn't start thinking about windows and siding and home improvements on their house uh, in the last few weeks they, they they didn't think about it in the last few months most people have been considering these types of improvements for a number of years and what i say to them and what i would say to you is if there is a if there is a project like that that you're thinking about undertaking whether it be windows like we're talking about or siding or, or whatever the case may be uh, a pool refurbishing or whatever i, I talked to a, a, a friend of mine who's having a pool refinished six months six months is what they're telling him between now and the time they can get to him and get his pool refinished. So it's not just our industry, it's it's the building trades in general. And what I would tell you is if you've waited this long and you know that it's going to be a wait, just take take a deep breath, be patient, make the right decision, go with the right company, and wait. Because nobody's going to be able to do it faster, and if they do, it's going to be incrementally faster and by by a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and and you will have made a decision that you will have to live with for the rest of the time that you have that house. So that's my talk on that. We, we will continue to talk about this probably on a weekly basis just to continue to give you an update on the state of affairs and, and an update on, on what's going on in our industry and to let you know uh, it, it's all going to be all right. Uh, had a conversation with a, with a lovely couple last night. My wife and I had dinner with uh, at, 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 a, at a place we went last night, and that's the that's the thing is things will at one point get back to a normal uh, regimen uh, that we were used to. It's going to be a little different than it than it used to be, but but more of a sense of normalcy, uh, normalcy I should say, in lead times in the availability of products. And, and all you have to do again is flip on the news, look look at the amount of ships, cargo ships that are sitting out in the water, that are not coming into port and not getting unloaded, 
and uh, the reports on truck driver shortages and labor shortages and any other number of things. I mean, every day there's a crawl talking about one of these or many of these issues that are some related to our industry and some that aren't, but they're affecting everyone. So, no, it's not just it's it's not just window world. It's not just the window and siding industry. It's 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 our country right now, and uh, and and just want to make everybody aware of that, and which I'm sure you already are. Let's get to the phone lines, uh, Bud. Let's go to Mike. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate your show. Well, I got a quick Absolutely. question about uh, what type of nails to use on like a four by eight hardy plank sheets. I just want to get your all's input on that. Okay, you're, you're putting up a like hardy panel uh, for for a siding. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, the, and the the nail heads are going to be exposed, and I just don't want those rusty streaks. You know, five years from now, you know, even though I'm going to paint the house and everything correctly, I just want to see what y'all thought are on that. Well, there there are definitely nails that Hardy recommends for use on their product, and if you consult with their, you know, with their with their technical side of things, they will have the right recommendation for you. What I would say definitely is that you want to put, uh, you you only you only want to use uh, zinc coated nails. You don't want to use anything other than that. Just a regular galvanized nail will rust and it will run. Um, so you just. Um, you just want to be sure that they're a zinc-coated nail. Stainless nails are not necessary, although you could use those. It would be very expensive, and I, and I don't recommend it. Um, th- those, are the, those are the best pieces of advice I have for you, and, uh, and, and keep them painted. Keep them painted. Don't, don't let them get uh, exposed because eventually even the zinc-coated ones, depending on what your atmosphere is and where you're located, they can also rust. All right. Thanks a lot. You're sure welcome, Mike. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you calling this morning. Eric, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hey, good morning. Um, two questions I have. Um, one, uh, one's flooring and one's on, uh, up in the attic. Um, LVP flooring. Um, there's one particular uh, brand that we kind of have want to get put down on there. And... But apparently, there's a one of the major companies here in San Antonio that flooring companies, and they dropped that particular brand uh, because okay. of some issues with apparently, um, you know, sounding hollow. Now it's not a cheap product; uh, it's made in Germany. So, and I did some research, and it seems to be—I don't want to say common—but they always talk about putting some you know, like cork or something down. But I also read that, now this product has a backing on it, uh, a cushioning backing. And I've read on that one that they don't recommend putting anything else down if it has a backing on it. So I guess the question would be is, why would some products have any comparable products? They both have some type of backing on it. Why would some have an issue with hollowness and others don't? That is a difficult question to answer. Uh, I, I don't know why one product over another with the same exact backing would have a, a difference in sounding hollow. And, of course, one of the biggest problems with laminate flooring, and one of the reasons I've, I've, I've always disliked laminate flooring, is that hollow, clicky sound that you get no matter seems what you do. What I recommend when it comes to LVP, and I can tell you this, just from my own personal experience and having used it in in a couple of different applications, is the foam back seems like a good idea, and and it's not a bad idea when it comes to sound deadening, but the foam backing also will absorb water. So if you ever get that wet and the water seeps through, it will absorb that water, it will mold, and it will mildew eventually. Cork, on the other hand, will not do that, and cork provides... Uh, a, a monicum of sound reduction and and that click reduction gives you a much better surface and and if it gets wet you don't have to worry about that type of issue happening to you. I recommend a cork back product. That's the only one that I'll spec out for anything that I'm doing. We're we're building a new uh, showroom in uh, Corpus Christi right now, and that's exactly what I'm going to be putting down in there as a cork backed uh, LVP. Because. You- Obviously, you wouldn't want to have both, meaning a phone. No, product you, having phone. Okay. No, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to. You don't want to use a backed product. The, the underlayments that you're talking about are made specifically for non-backed LVP. And okay. if you have a backed LVP, something that has its backing on it already, 
you definitely want uh, don't want to put anything extra on that. Okay, um, and, and the, part of the problem is is that <clears throat> what, I mean I, I don't have an issue with regular tile, but of course LVP or L whatever is you know everybody's putting it in, and you know is that like five years from now it'll be like now we don't you know everybody's changed their mind to that. So whether or not at this point. Well, let, let me get out my crystal, let me get out my crystal ball, Eric. I have no I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, today black windows are all the rage because of HGTV and, and DIY and places like that. Black windows seem to be everywhere. I personally am not a fan of black windows, but that's just me. Will they be popular ten years from now? I don't know. Uh, there are things that that were very popular whenever you know, I got into this business that, that are no longer even in existence or relevant anymore. Uh, but I do believe LVP flooring is here for a while, and I do believe it's a good product, and I do believe that from the price point that they that they can install it at and the performance standpoint, it's going to continue to be a factor, and it's going to continue to be a popular product for some time to come. Okay. Uh, second question is, uh, I, I need to, uh, I need a new roof, but I also want to add insulation into the attic. The problem is, is on either side of the, the house, it's nearly impossible to get to those areas. My thought was is that when they do the roof, to pull like a, uh, one of the deck uh, uh, decking up and, and to be able to go in there and add insulation. Some uh, There was another recommendation, no, just cut a hole in the ceiling and we'll come back and patch it. And I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds like a little bit more work. What would you recommend? Jim, I'm going to let you take that one. Well, if they're already going to have the roof off of the house, um, yeah, I would say pull up a piece of decking and insulate those areas from the top. Um, okay. If you can't coordinate it at the t- at the same time to do the uh, to do the insulation as uh, that they do the roofing, then of course the the best way to do it would be to to make an access hole in, in sheetrock. When you do that, however, typically patches and ceilings. Whatever room you put that access hole in, you would have to do that whole room. You would have to retexture that yep. whole ceiling. Yep, yep, yep. And, and, and like you know, let's say in, in, uh, roofing companies, do they coordinate with uh, uh, insulators, or would they? No, you do both. No, you like, you would have to do all of that uh, coordination. That would not be okay. Okay, I didn't know if one you know company says, "Hey, we do both items. We'll put a roof on. We do insulation." everything but okay then that answers my question all right sure to appreciate it thanks so much appreciate you appreciate you calling in this morning uh eric let's get one more in before we go to break uh and your calls to it 210-599-5555 as we go to barbara barbara good morning welcome to the show good morning thanks for taking my call absolutely Uh, i've got two questions i've got a house that was built in the 60s still has the original windows in it and we noticed when we were cleaning the windows the water is not seeping out on the inside is the corners plugged from dirt and that over time when you say it's not it's not seeping out from the inside you're saying that you're not seeing any water come out the weep holes on the outside of the house well we didn't look on the outside we just noticed it was just sitting there for a long period of time on the inside is it a sliding window or is it a uh or is it a uh, vertical operating window uh does it slide back and forth vertical. or does it go up and down it goes up and down okay and some of them go sideways okay the sideways the ones that the ones that go sideways the slider windows many mm-hmm. windows many slider windows are designed to actually capture water in the track and eventually dissipate it out through the weep holes Seeing water in those tracks is not a big deal. Uh, if you have a vertical operating window that has a pocket sill, uh, meaning that the, the sash seats down into the, uh, the, the, the sill itself, and water is standing in there, you very well may have clogged weep holes, and you do want to clean those out because if they get totally clogged, you can, you can actually fill that up like a bathtub and, and overflow it into your house if you're not careful. So you do want to make sure that your weep holes are always clear. Uh, good, you, good. No, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. How do you, how do, you do that? Though? It's very simple. Uh, the, the the easiest way that I can tell you how to do it is take take an old coat hanger, uh-huh. uh, c- cut you off a, a piece that's about a foot long or so, 
loop the end to where you know it, it, it it's not just pointy. It's got a little bit of a hook on it. Sure. Go around to your weep holes and pu- push that up into the weep holes and pull out any debris that might be in there. That's the easiest way to clean them out. And uh, and and then you know run a little water in there. Just make sure that the water you know evacuates through those weep holes after you've done that. And over time, between bugs and dust and dirt and debris. Those can clog, and you do have to yeah you do have to take a look at them and make sure that they're uh, that they're open. And if you do that once every year or two, that, that it's not something you have to check every month or or even every six months. Right. It's every year. Check it out. Just make sure that they're all open, and you'll never have a problem. Okay, okay. My second problem: I, the house has aluminum siding on it. Okay. And we noticed just the other day. Uh, it's a two-story house, so it's, you know, it's got the aluminum on the facial board, I guess is what you call it. And yes, then ma'am. the other board, that, the, the other uh, aluminum that goes up against the wall, the outside of the house. Yes, ma'am. It is separated. Okay. Um, and I noticed, the only reason I noticed this, I was going, a bird flew out. <laughs> They got a nest up there. So okay. Is, how am I going to fix that? Well, that that would be if you're not planning on replacing the siding, and if you have aluminum siding, my guess is your siding is probably forty plus years old. Um, yeah. If 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 you're planning on replacing the siding, then that's not a problem. If you're not going to replace the siding, about the only thing you can do is is try to get a hand, handyman out there to reattach that siding where it's separated, and that really would be more of a handyman. Uh, a type project. It's not a full siding company project. Um, okay. And, I didn't and know they, if I had to call a uh, roofer. Or... No, likely, likely a good handyman can take care of that for you. It doesn't sound like it's a real big chore. Um, and if you're happy with the siding and you don't want to change it out, that's what I would recommend doing. Well, I want to change it out. It's just financially wise. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just well, going to throw it well, out there. We got great financing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've been thinking about it. Uh, but but is a foundation uh, would that separate it? It's possible, but but not likely. My guess is this is just an age thing. You, you may have had some nails okay. that came loose over the course of the last forty years or so, and yeah. and that's that's probably probably just a maintenance issue. That's all. Okay. Okay. I appreciate y'all's help. I enjoy listening to y'all. Well, thank you so much. We enjoy having you as a listener, Barbara. We appreciate you calling this morning. You have a great day. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, we're going to get right back to those phone calls right now as we go to Kathy. Kathy, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Thank you for taking my call. I um, come from desert area, and so I came here, and the one thing I know is when you seal or you paint, you don't do it when there's moisture, but there's humidity here all the time. (laughs) I was going to say good luck. (laughs) So what, what degree of humidity is it safe for me to paint and seal my decks? My goodness, if, if you're correct in your observation, if you're waiting for a non-humid day around here, it could be a wait. Uh, we do have them, but they usually last for a couple of days, and then we're right back to the good old humidity again. Uh, the, the thing to remember is, if it's a higher humidity, not raining, not misting, not drizzling, but if it's a higher humidity, it's not a problem to do any of the above. You just have to allow the, po- the proper drying and curing time. So whereas if it was a, a really bone-dry day, uh, you know, in early winter, and uh, you went out and you did your decks, and you might be able to get on them in, in uh, let's say, 15 hours, 20 hours, you might want to wait 24 hours or longer when it's a super, super humid day in the middle of August, right? Um, depends also on the sun, and and how overcast it is. If you have a bright, sunshiny day, I don't care if the humidity is high or not. If that deck is 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 has the sun beating down on it, it's going to dry and it's going to cure relatively quickly. So the humidity, when it comes to staining and and doing your deck, not a huge factor. You just don't want it to be misting or or, or wet. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Do you have a um, a certain product to? Um, boy, I had tricks, and I I really like that truck deck, but I don't have it here, so I'm learning about staining. Um, is there something that works really well for you know? I I don't mean staining. I mean you know. Preserving the wood. Preserving, yeah, sealant. Uh, you know, Thompson's is always a good go-to. I know it's the most it's the most well-known name, and and it and it is a good product. Thompson's Water Seal is a great product. Uh, Olympic makes a really good sealer. Um, so either one of those products would be, would work great for you. There's other ones out there, but those are two well-known and and well um, used and tested products. Okay, and how often do you have to do it? Well, that depends on on the exposure. That depends on the exposure of your deck and 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 the environment around your deck and how much you use it. Yeah, that's that's a difficult one. But when you start seeing signs of wear, um, and 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 it it will say, you know, on on your product, plan to reapply every x number of years, whatever it is. That's just a guide. Keep an eye on your deck. You'll know when it's time to redo it. And and it's typically not any 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 quicker than about every four or five years. Oh, good. I can handle that. Thank yeah, you so that's much. not too bad. Well, Kathy, thank you. Appreciate you calling in this morning. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Uh, Charles, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, thanks for taking my call. The question I have is about ceramic tile floor. Is there an easy way to strip it, and can I do it myself? Stripping? Okay. you have. Do you have... Most ceramic tile floors are a baked finish that you don't have to strip. That's the, yeah. The problem I, just, I have is it, it has irregular grout markings where they did the grout. It's kind of cleared up or looks white in some areas, and it's four or five years old. But it's also some of it where we cleaned it. I guess we used a product that may have. Uh, messed up the top coat or top sealant that they use on them. Wow. Uh, th- this this one is not a question I've had before because typically with ceramic tile, you, you, don't, re- you don't refinish it, you replace it. Um, and I don't know that you would ever get the result that you want by simply refinishing it. Jim, do you have something to chime in on this? The only... The only time I've ever seen refinishing work is when they came when they come in and actually sand the entire surface and then reglaze the tile all at the same time. That's the only way I've ever seen and I've seen that done in very old homes that had ceramic when they didn't want to replace the tile, but that's the only way you're even going to get close to having a matching surface look. And boy, the yeah, mess that you're the mess you're talking about creating, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the well, the grout is showing real clear white looking. Is that because well, you can now regrouting. Regrouting is a whole different story than refinishing the 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 glazing on a tile. Regrouting, it's not easy, but it's not. That's that's a whole different subject. Is that what you're talking about? Do you want to regrout? Well, the grout's good. It just is showing white areas, white spots in the grout. Well, you can stain the grout. It's very time-consuming. It's very time-consuming, um, and you actually need to do it with a little with a small paintbrush, like a project uh, paintbrush. Well, they have little rollers that you can use uh, for that. But the thing is, uh, the, the chances are good they're white in your grout is because the the uh, the grout mix was not mixed well, and it's showing pieces and and uh, of the material in there that weren't mixed well. Okay, not good. Either way. Yeah, it's it's unsightly. It's it's not you know it's not going to hurt anything, but from an aesthetic standpoint, it's probably not you know the most desirable. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Have well, thank day. you, Charles. Thanks for calling in this morning. We appreciate that. Roger, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, I have a uh, I have a I, I had a cedar uh, cedar picket fence installed recently. Okay. And after they installed it, I noticed it had, I don't know what it is, looks like mildew, some white spots on it, and it's supposed to be a new fence. Does that mean I had an old fence installed, and it, the old board, or what could, could, could that mean? No, Roger, that doesn't mean that at all. It just means that while this, while this lumber was stacked, at some point or another it got wet, 
and and that's what you're seeing is the result of that. It doesn't mean that it's used or it's old. It, it's just that's just the nature of cedar. Whenever it gets wet, it it can it can mildew in certain places. Um, you can you can lightly wash that and and clean it off, or you can just live with it. And, and as it grays and as it weathers, you won't notice it. Oh really? I was because I, I, I was thinking of uh, if I was a product I could use to take the. Uh, the mildew or whatever it is off, and then I was I wanted to seal it with uh, Tonson's uh, some kind of a Tonson sealer. Yeah, you you can do you can absolutely do that. There there are products that are made uh, to clean to clean the cedar, and then uh, and then let it dry really well, and then go back and seal it with the, with the Thompson's water seal. You'll be fine. Okay, I, I found two products from Tonson. One is has an oil. And the other one is the water sealer, I guess. Which is the best one to use, the oil or the water sealer? Tons. Well, the penetrate. The go, go ahead, Jim. Well, what you have to keep in mind is that the the oil one is going to be that's that's not really a sealer. That's more of a coating that you're putting on it. The water mm-hmm. sealer, the Thompson's water seal, is going to be the best thing to seal it with, or something like Thompson's. But the first thing you mm-hmm. want to do is you don't want to seal over that. Those white spots. That's that's just a little okay. bit of a biological mildew. You don't want to seal over that. You want to clean it off. I have actually had very good success using no chemical, just water. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's what I... I, I, I was thinking of buying that mold remover for mold remover and spray with that. So I don't know if that would be a good idea. I don't know if it will work or if it's going to cause discolored spots in the fence. I see. Uh, okay, so I think because uh, I was already thinking of buying that oil, I thought that would be much better than the cedar, so I won't buy it. I'll go with the cedar then. That would be my recommendation, yes, sir. Okay, thank you very much for your uh, for your information. I really appreciate it, sir. You all have a good day. Well, thank you, Roger. We appreciate you, Judy. You're up next on the KTSa Home Improvement Show. Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. I just have one quick question. Sure. Uh, having my uh, patio glassed in and it just has a concrete floor now and what would you recommend what kind of product would you put because it's going to be well i guess exposed to the elements and with the temperature but um it's going to be glassed in with you know sliding windows what would you recommend putting down okay so you're not going to condition the space i I probably will i just gonna get it in and see okay i probably will if I can find a, like a you know a small unit. Well, the the two things that I would recommend as far as flooring for that particular room would be either mm-hmm. a, a good ceramic tile okay. or LVP flooring. The LB, the okay. LVP I, I would only really recommend if you're going to condition the space. Uh, okay. That's what I'll say about that. If you're not going to condition it, you have no intention of putting a heater or an air conditioner in there then ceramic tile is probably going to be your best bet and and okay. it'll wear it'll wear great temperature won't affect it um but you could always consider putting in a good mini split system in that space um that's the, what i was I'm, that's what I'm, i definitely will do that um i'm just going to get it in and see because i know it's going to need it in this texas weather we have it's so lovely um <laughs> one, one thing one thing also the, one thing also to keep in mind is if you go with the ceramic flooring, you want to make uh-huh. sure that you go with a textured ceramic flooring. Non-slip, because yeah. Not slick, because until you get that room conditioned, if you go with a ceramic floor, you will have humidity build up on that floor I- at different times during the spring and the fall. Oh, okay. Good advice. So the fl- Good advice. I heard you talking about the LVP, whatever it was, flooring with cor- cork backing, you said? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And that's what you would use is with the court back. That is absolutely what I would recommend. The reason I wouldn't uh, encourage you to put that in without air conditioning it is it can expand, it will, will expand and contract. And with extreme temperatures in there, it may not be the best product for you. Oh, okay. So ceramic tile is probably my best bet. Then. If you're not going to condition it. If you're going to condition no. it, LVP is a great choice. Now, another, okay. thing to consi- another thing to consider for that flooring in there is if it's a concrete slab right now, you can do either well, stain, stain the concrete, concrete, yeah, or you can do an epoxy coating on the concrete. Either one of those are gorgeous. I thought I had my a garage with that epoxy coating, and it really looks nice. But and that would work out there, right? Yes, absolutely. 
that's maybe a good good option all all around because I, I really like the way it looks. Well, there you go. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on today's home improvement conversation. It's about you and your questions. Love to talk to you. Uh, Jim is on the other uh, end of this thing. My name is Martin, and we're here to help. Indeed. Man, you took stole my tagline. Stole it from you. Stole it from you. you. stole it. That. <laughs> you stole it. <laughs> oh, man, man. Uh, yeah, so we, and, and phone lines typically in hour number two fill up pretty quickly, so get yourself a phone line early, and uh, we'll get to you as quickly as we can. And we're going to dive right into it. Jerry, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yeah, I've got a mobile home, and I need to place the siding on it. It has a T1 and 11 wood siding on it now. What okay. I recommend be the best thing put back on it, whether the boards are like the 4 by 8 sheets. Okay, uh, what I would recommend is going back on with a good high-quality insulated wall system. Um, we've got a product called Window World 6000, which is a, a full insulated panel uh, that goes on and is maintenance-free. You don't ever have to paint it. You don't ever have to worry about it. It carries a lifetime warranty, and it's just a, a truly long-lasting, as close to maintenance-free siding product as you can get. Okay. Uh, could y'all come out and give me an estimate on that then? We certainly can. Can I give you uh, the phone number for our office, or I'll be happy to take your number and let let uh, let um, Don get your phone number off the air and, and uh, give you a call, whatever you like to do. Okay, yeah. Just give me y'all phone number, and I'll call y'all then Monday. Right, wh- where are you located? Uh, in Seguin. Okay, if you're in Seguin, go ahead and give our, our New Braunfels office a call. Um, and actually, if you just call call our main number, and it'll get you through to the right place. It's 210-767-0995. Okay. All right, then. I sure give you all a call, then. Well, thanks, Jerry. We'll, we'll be happy to help you, and we look forward to serving you. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great, great weekend. Um Jim, is there? Uh, there's anything you wanted to talk about this morning? You haven't you haven't been chiming in too much, so I, I feel like <laughs> I, I ought to get you oh, here. <laughs> I just been letting you go, boss. Just been letting you go, man. <laughs> oh man, you got any big plans this weekend? Uh, no, no, nothing big. Um, just uh, get some get some work done, get some stuff done around the house. Maybe uh, my beautiful wife is on a ladies retreat with our church and so i'm bacheloring it this weekend well that's that's kind of kind of nice well i mean I, you're going to miss your wife i'm sure but but it is kind of nice to have a little little me time oh yeah oh yeah you know uh, uh you know and 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 she's not the type to leave me a huge list of things she wants done before she leaves on something <laughs> like that that's aren't what you, i that's that aren't you a lucky man <laughs> yes 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 uh, a lot, a lot of poor fellers out there. If their wife goes out of town for the weekend, they say, "Can you get this, 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 and oh, and this, and the other thing done this weekend?" And I expect, the, I expect that list to be finished whenever I get back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Can no, you imagine what would ever happen if we gave one of our wives a list and said, "Excuse me, can you get this stuff done for me?" I imagine it wouldn't be great. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no oh no, man, no, no. no. But I do have to say, you and I are both fortunate in the fact that our our spouses will get stuff done for us if we say, "Hey, baby, can you?" You know. Of course, of course, and then we do the same thing for them. You know. Yep. Well, there's uh, you know, earlier today, I I I, uh, I sent you a little article that that I want to talk about this morning, and I found this interesting because you know we we talk about electric a lot on this show uh we we have a lot of callers with electrical questions uh, especially you know on certain days it just seems like that's the subject but um there was an article that I read online about um about you know the mistakes that people make when they are doing electrical projects uh, do it yourself electrical product projects and 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 a few of these things that that we're going to talk about are uh, actually the reasons that we <laughs> we say don't don't do these things yourself because it can be dangerous, right? And we're going to kind of go through a few of those as we can in between callers this morning. Uh, we certainly want to get to callers first, and that's always the priority. Phone number is two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five, and we've got one online right now. Let's go to Mary. 
Mary, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi, Mary. Hello, is Mary still there? Okay, we'll put Mary on hold. We'll get to her as, uh, here in just a second if we can. Uh, but but talking about the electric, um, so there are, there are some common mistakes that DIYers make when they're doing electrical projects, and, and, and we want to we wanna talk about those this morning. So if you do decide to do your own electrical, and, uh, and, and we, we hope if it's a major project you don't, uh, <laughs> that you call our friends over at Mr. Electric. But here's a, here's a few things to kind of look out for and be aware of, and don't make these mistakes when you are uh, working on your electrical project. Uh, the first one is, and I've seen this one so many times, it's making sure that the outlet is secured and in place whenever you're finished doing the wiring you're putting it back in the wall if it's not firmly held firmly held in place it can move around and and what this can result in is electrical arcing and if you have electric yeah i'm here even the article even the article missed the number one rule folks make sure the power is turned off turn the breaker off turn the power off yes folks make sure the power is turned off that is numero uno. That that is cardinal rule number one. Turn the power off before you start messing with wiring. Uh, but if you if you do not secure the outlet, uh, it, it can arc and it can result in a fire, and it can also damage whatever you plug the, the into that outlet. So securing the outlet uh, helps when you put on the plate too, so everything lines up nicely. So that's number one. What's number two? Number two, they're talking about safety switches versus circuit breakers. There is a difference between the two. And knowing the difference, it's huge. Um, a safety switch prevents electrical issues that can happen to you personally. Uh, a safety switch can detect electrical shocks before anything could occur and switch off the electricity before something happens. That's like a GFCI breaker or a GFI breaker. Um, a circuit breaker simply turns off the power when the load draws too much electrical current. So a circuit breaker... When you grab the power, it's going to send power through your body. Whenever the circuit breaker detects that there's too much load, it'll trip. Your body may not have too much load. You may you may be getting an electrical charge for a long time with a circuit breaker not tripping. Yeah. Whereas with a safety yeah. switch, which a GFI, when that trip, as soon as that detects any fluctuation, it's going to trip. Boom! It's going to turn the power off. So it's a built-in safety measure that is very important. And we've got more to talk about on that as we can get to it, but we do have phone lines lining up and lighting up, and uh, we're going to try Mary one more time right now. Mary, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How can we help you this morning, Mary? I was wondering, my air conditioner had started to make a lot of noise, like water is dripping all over. So my husband opened it up, and he put a, a... pan underneath and he there was water and he kept talking about how he has to um flush it or there's use some kind of a water pressure well it's been two months so now i would like to know how do i what do i tell the ac company i'm going to call what the problem might be well where exactly is is the is the water backing up because the drain is not draining or where is the water coming from have you determined that that's that is what he did said. He goes, the drain is not draining. Okay. And so he I needed to use some pressure in there. Jim, go ahead. That, that would be exactly what you would need to tell the service company is that the the water the drain is backing up. Um, oh, and okay. now, of course, a good, reputable service company is going to come out. Um, if you just call them and tell them, look, my AC is leaking water, they're going to be f- fully prepared to check the entire system to find out if it's just a clogged drain, if it's not draining the water properly, um, if the if it, if you're getting excess moisture due to the unit not operating properly, any good service company, a reputable service company, is going to come out and they're going to charge you a service call, and for that service call, they're going to check your system. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a while, so I guess that's what I got to do. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, thank well, you, Harry. Appreciate it. Goodbye. What were you going to say, Jim? I was going to say give our friends over at Champion a call. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully you heard that, Mary. Champion AC is who we recommend that you call for any electrical needs. Uh, give our friends over at Champion AC a call. And that Air number needs, Martin. What did I say? Electrical. Oh, no. No, no. Call them for yeah, yeah, your AC needs. You knew what I meant. We're talking about electrical. Anyway, yeah. <laughs>
Thanks for catching that. 210-504-5555 is the number. 210-504-5555 for Champion AC. Joel, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, guys. How are you all this morning? Fantastic, Joel. How can we help you? Oh, well, I'm listening to you on the way up to Fort Worth. I, as long as I can keep you all on the air, I don't lose you. But, uh, okay. Anyway, uh, it's a good show. Thank uh, you. I've got when the house I built in 03, and I put aluminum windows in it. Okay. And uh, Or I didn't put them in, but the builder. And they, you know, of course, had the whole frame for it. They it, uh, was put in and then nailed or screwed along the uh, outside lip. And yes, then I, I had rock put on it, and uh, they rocked it all the way up to the edge of the window and then grouted, I guess, you know, around the, the edges. My problem is the windows are no good. I guess I need to replace them. And I was wondering how I do that. Do I put a window inside of that frame uh, and you know, screw it in or caulk it, or do I cut that frame out and, and like, peel it out between the, the rock and the the wall, I mean, it's, it looks like it's a you know be a pretty serious job there. Well, and, uh, it, it is a inside. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, on the inside, I've got uh, you know it's a two by six wall, and I've got sheetrock that run up, you know right up against the frame of the window, and then it's of course caulked around the edges. But so there's no uh, window trim, you know. As per se, you know, I, I've seen where you take the trim out and, you know, yank the window out and, uh, you know, go back in. But this one doesn't have any trim. And I don't know, if, you know, if you have, don't you pull that window out of there and you peel it all out of the frame, do you frame it up for one that fits inside now and then put a, a new trim? Or how does that work? Dang, Joe, you got a lot of questions. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just, well, I'm I'm just kidding, man. Steal some secrets here. Huh? No, these these are some good good questions, and and the first thing I would tell you is if you're planning on doing your doing it yourself, I would recommend you don't unless you've done this before. Um, it's it it is an undertaking. Uh, it, it's like any other skilled professional trade. If you're if you're rebuilding an engine, and you happen to be a mechanic that's rebuilt engines for the last twenty years, you're probably going to be pretty good at it. Uh, if I'm a guy that drives a car every day but has never rebuilt an engine, I'm probably going to have a tougher time of it, and it's probably going to take me longer and cost me more in the long run than it would if I would have hired the mechanic to do it. So that's going to be my first recommendation is is unless you do have experience in doing this, and it sounds like you don't, um, you, you might want to consider hiring a professional. Um, the there are couple of, There's a couple of different ways that you can do windows in a rock home. Uh, one would be a full replacement, which would mean taking out the sashes, uh, collapsing the frame, custom making and installing a new window to fit in that opening, and then trimming out accordingly. Uh, that's what we do more often than, than not. But we've started doing more and more, especially on stucco applications, although rock uh, and stone applications would be an option too, what we call a jump frame application in which we take out the sashes and the glass, but we leave the little frame around the edge, and then we make a window that goes in in a slim frame, slim frame profile. We call it our max view, and it goes in to that opening, and then we trim out accordingly on the inside. Uh, a couple of different ways to do it. Both are, are perfectly acceptable, but both of them, would I would recommend you hiring somebody that knows what they're doing to do it. Oh, okay. And as far as those are aluminum you know, and they're the double pane, but, um, you know, I noticed most of the new ones seem like they're going vinyl or whatever. Is, is there a preference? What should be better? Or should you put a vinyl in a, in a metal casing if it came to that? Or Well, absolutely. We, we, uh, we do nothing but vinyl, uh, replacement windows and have done nothing but vinyl replacement windows for about 24 years now. And, uh, and, and the reason for that, there's a multitude of reasons. Vinyl is more efficient than aluminum. Uh, it's more versatile, typically carries a better warranty. Uh, and in many cases, I, I know that there are companies out there, for whatever reason, they're still offering an aluminum window, and they are charging a premium for them. Um, I don't understand that. It's, a, it's, 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 not, it's an inferior window to a premium vinyl window. Now, there are good vinyl windows, there are bad vinyl windows. But if you're comparing a premium vinyl, good win top of the line window to an aluminum window, there is no comparison as far as quality, looks, and performance. Um, so I would highly recommend going back with a vinyl window. 
All right. Well, and and uh, and I'll and I'll throw out a shameless. Uh, I was going to say I'll throw out a shameless plug for us. Call Window World and and get the best value you're going to find anywhere. All right. And y'all come out there to Seguin, New Berlin area. All the time. All the time. We've got a All New Braunfels office that, that does a lot of uh, a lot of our we, – we, Seguin's one of those that both San Antonio and New Braunfels cover, but it's all the same team, so it doesn't matter. You're going to be getting the best. Very good. Well, I sure appreciate your help. Well, thank you, Joe. We look forward to hearing from you and look forward to serving you. All right. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you. You too. You too. Let's uh, get Jeff in here. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, good morning. Uh, it's, I have a attic insulation question. Okay. Um, quick background, 1971 house, got the pre-frame, pre-engineered, pre-made trusses in it, that style. Okay. Um, and we recently moved the, uh, the uh, air conditioner moved in the attic. So with that being said, it's just, you know, laid insulation on top of the ceiling, you know, kind of uh, in, in there now. And I don't you know, doing some research. And I remember Tom Tynan used to do the vented eaves, vented ridge, radiant barrier, very little ventilation on it now. Uh, it seems like everybody's going to spray foam. And then I've been kind of following this guy, Matt Rissinger in Austin, builds houses, does some YouTube stuff. And he built his own house and did rock wool against the decking. Okay. What well, just kind of that interests me. But I just, um, with that being said, what would be the best option for me? Uh, you know, rock wool is, is something that's hardly used at all anymore, so it's surprising to, to hear that somebody's still using that for anything. But uh, if, if for no other reason, it's so dang terrible to work with. Um, as far as foam insulation goes, if you're building the house and you're engineering the house for foam insulation, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I love it. I, I don't know how you could make a more efficient house than that, but... If you don't have your home engineered for that, it's a mistake. So okay. um, blown-in insulation, either uh, fiberglass is, is still the top choice in my opinion. Cellulose is still an option, but I like fiberglass. Blown-in insulation in the right uh, R value. And couple that with a roll-out radiant barrier. That's going to be your best bet. What do you mean, roll out radiant? Barrier? Okay, not spray on. I don't. I don't. I don't even know that spray on radiant barrier is uh, back when. When man, and you brought a blast from the past, Tom Tynan. I haven't he, heard he, that name in he years. Seven. Yeah, he blocked seventy-five or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I remember. I remember him t- touting that all the time, and and at the time I had reservations about it. And uh, and the fact of the matter is, th- there were problems with it, and there's there's a reason these companies that were doing that they're not doing it anymore. Um, the rollout and the rollout radiant barrier is a more effective product. Uh, it covers a more wide area of your of your coverage area, and you're not missing places like you did with the spray on. And frankly, there's no way to spray on. Uh, a, a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of an inch of spray and get what you would get with a uh, heavy foil uh, radiant okay. barrier. Okay. So so that's what I would recommend is is do the, the recommended R value and a good blow-in insulation and then couple it with the radiant barrier, uh, preferably stapled to the underside of your rafters. You can also lay it down. You can also lay it down, but that's what I'd prefer, and you're going to have uh, a, a truly efficient home. And you would vent the ridge and vent the eaves, or absolutely, absolutely. You need to vent the ridge. the The best that I recommend is ridge vent with soffit vents. Right. You have to have some draw coming from somewhere. So if you have soffit, if you have soffit vents and you have a ridge vent, that's going to be your very best bet. Thank you very much. You're sure welcome, Jeff, and thanks so much for calling this morning. We appreciate you, man. Tom Tynan, man, I that that is. That is a long time ago. 210-599-5555. Let's go to Robert. Robert, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I have two uh, questions, observations, I guess. Okay. I for you. Number one is, I go to a lot of people's houses because I deliver food. And I, I see the, um, the PVC pipe hanging right down in front of the door. Yep. And... I understand, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I understand that that is the overflow for the air conditioner, but that's the one that lets you know the other one is clogged up? That's correct. Okay. And I see a lot of people have actually... Uh, put <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to tell me. Down to the, 
Yeah, it run, well, it runs down to the side of the yard, and that one's just dripping like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's like there was a reason why it was above the door, and that was to get your attention, right? You you don't want to miss it. Exactly. Okay. It's just that that needs to be put out there because a lot of people don't understand why that's there. Co- the code actually says that that must be above a doorway or above a sink inside the house in a visible area so that when it starts dripping, folks can realize it. Yeah, like I say, a lot of people just put a pipe on it. <laughs> which is crazy to me. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. I've seen people. I've seen people put plants under them. Yeah. <laughs> Free water. Free water. Yeah. Well, that's a good. Ob- that is a good observation, Robert. You're absolutely right. If you're listening and you're doing what Robert just described, don't do that. <laughs> Martin, I have actually gone out on service. I have actually gone out on service calls and had customers ask me, why would in the world would they put the AC drain there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? It, it's not pretty there. It doesn't look good. Exactly. <laughs> you said you had a couple, Robert. What else What else you got for us? Yeah, right. That's something that needs to be told right there so people understand why. You're right. Might, You're right. It might save them a lot of sheetrock damage later on. That's um, right. The, the, second, the second thing is splash blocks for the gutters. You know, okay. Splash blocks that that you put down at the bottom of your. Um, you talking about at the valley? Down at the at the corner the of the valley. That's on the ground. The splash block that's on the. Oh, ground the splash. Yeah, the splash blocks on the ground. Sure, of course. Yeah. So that I I also go of course a lot of people's houses, but I see this mostly at apartment complexes. They're backwards. For some reason, apartment complexes are really bad with this. They put the things backwards. So it's running so the water that, directly to the foundation. Well, it's, it's pointing downward still, but it, the open end is not at the bottom. They have the open end at the big, where, where the gutter uh, uh, comes down. Yeah, well, uh, that's what I'm saying. So they're facing the drainage back toward the foundation. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, even though it's going downhill maybe, it still then puddles into that splash block, which of course will cause mosquitoes yep. and so forth. That's right. Uh, right. I see this only at a few people's houses, but mostly I see it at apartment complexes. And uh, is it time maybe they put uh, instructions on splash blocks? You know what? It, 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 they got a, they got instructions on things that nobody. Uh, here, <laughs> here's a good one. Why for you do they that, put "do not eat"? No, do, do, why do they put "do not eat" on silica packages? Okay, that's one. Yeah. But here's one that I actually read on a pizza box. I had a frozen pizza last week. Took the pizza out. Looked at the directions on the box. You know what the first instruction was? Cook before eating. Not to put the box in the oven. Cook Cook before before eating. eating. (laughs) Cook before eating. Do not. I'm sorry. It said, "Do not eat from frozen state." That's what it said. Do not eat from frozen. I'm like, are you kidding me? Our terms and conditions, Martin, say that it is not part of our job description chasing Fido down the street. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) That is true. Hey, listen. Here's 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 the bottom line, Robert. You can't protect. I'm going to be as gentle and nice about this as I can. You can't protect some people from themselves. That's all I can say. You can put warnings of every kind and instructions of every kind, and 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 those people are probably not going to follow them. So, natural <laughs> yes, selection. Natural selection is what we're talking about. Yeah. Hey man, thanks for the comic relief this morning. We appreciate you, Robert. Thank you. Oh, let's uh, let's go to Yolanda. Yolanda, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Yolanda. Are you putting your splash blocks backwards and capping your, your drains? Are you doing that? I have no idea what that is. I'll have to ask my husband. <laughs> I have no clue. If you are, don't admit to it. Not right now. That's not a good time. Right, right. Well, <laughs> How can we help you, Yolanda? The electrical? I'm sorry. I wasn't able to get in quite when, when you were talking about it. Okay. And so... Well, ha- um, I am wanting to have some recessed lighting added to my kitchen ceilings. Okay. And um, currently I have one because I have a big kitchen, so now I want recessed lighting. And so I have a a box also with the one additional recessed lighting that I have uh, that's fluorescent. So I'm wanting to take the fluorescent box off and the ceiling redone, and then have like six uh, recess lighting uh, added into my kitchen. So I wanted to ask you, does that require uh, 
can a general contractor or licensed contractor or a contractor, I guess, do the job? No. He can He can take the job. However, he's going to have to send the job to a licensed electrician to do the lighting. Oh, okay. Your That's best bet would be to just no. Your best bet would yes. be to start with an electrical company. And then if mm -hmm. there's any drywall work and stuff like that, then let them find a contractor to do the drywall work. Because the oh, licensed okay. electrical yeah. company is going to be where to start to do the lights. Mhm. Mm so that's uh that's a big deal the electrical part of it. It has yes, to have a uh, Okay. Yeah. It's going to have that to have city permits. Question. It's going to have to, it's going to have to have city permits depending on where you live. It's going to have to have a city inspection to make sure that it's safe. That's really good to know because I had someone that came and said they could do it, and I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, wow. they can well, as long as they have a license. So as long as they can, as long as they have an electrical license. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think they do. Unfortunately, we know this person. Yeah. It, that, yeah. Wow. You, you need to have a licensed electrician do that. Right. Right. That's what we thought. So I thought to my husband, well, yeah, we better do a little research on this. Right. Well, you know, but I, I do have to say there are a lot of folks out there that have really good friends that may work in the trade. You know, mm -hmm. if if I had a good friend that worked for an electrical company and I needed some work done around my home, I might let him do it. I mean, it's not a good idea to ever do it without code, but if you know the person and you have confidence in their abilities, does that mm -hmm. make any sense? It does, it does, but uh, if you don't know the person, that's a different story. If you exactly. don't know them, and, and even if you do know them, you want to make sure that whatever they're doing is being done to code. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. Well, that was really good information. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, th I'm thanks, Yolanda. To, uh, oh, I thank you. Thank you so much. You were so nice and so helpful, and you have well, a great day. You have a great weekend, Yolanda, and thanks for calling. Michael, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. Uh, you were talking to another caller a few minutes ago about insulation in their attic, and it just got me wondering, how do you, what's the difference between cellulose and rock wool? I'm trying to figure out, do I have cellulose or do I have rock wool insulation? It's my, my insulation is free it's it's black it it looks kind of Does, like fibers but it's uh you know there's there's no batting around it how old is your home it's about 18 years old likely cellulose um what what are your thoughts on that jim uh, if you touch it does it itch between your fingers does it itch when it gets on your skin no it does not then it's it's definitely cellulose. It's it's uh, um, uh, it's definitely not rock wool, and probably not fiberglass. Okay. Well, I know what fiberglass looks like in the pink batting. Uh, and no, no. There's also blown. In, there's also blown in fiberglass. Blown in fiberglass would be like a white um, or pink. Uh, most of most of the time, it's white or pink, but it's a blown in fiberglass. But again, very very itchy. You would you would know it if it was fiberglass or rock wool. Okay, great. So so you think mine is cellulose, and and uh, you were saying earlier that uh, cellulose is uh, probably better than the old rock wool as far as insulating. I I do. I think it's a, a better. It's definitely um, easier to work with, and it's not a. It's not any worse. There was nothing wrong with rock wool as far as an insulator. Just a horrible product to work with, uh, and and cellu cellulose insula insulation is a good insulator. the The biggest problem that most people have with cellulose is the fact that it compacts over time more rapidly than fiberglass does. Right. I see. I see. Also, one other question I had also was you mentioned uh, roll lay down uh, radiant barrier, and uh, you said that it gets stapled to your rafters. Now is that to the in between the rafters or on the surface, uh, the bottom side of the rafters? Bottom side. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I used to listen to Tom Tynan just by the way. <laughs> that was probably, you you, uh, you said that was a long, long time ago. I, I thought it was only about 10 years ago. 
No, I think I think if I'm going back, I think I've been on KTSA for probably close to ten years, and there was a show out of Houston or Dallas or somewhere like that that was on before me, an Australian guy, um, and then Tom was before that. So it it had to have been, gosh, fourteen years maybe since Tom's been on air here. I could be okay. off on my I could be off on my timeline a little bit, but but I've been doing this a long time on here, so um, okay, may, may, maybe more like twenty, maybe more like twenty years. It's been a long time. Okay, but I, I know All what right, you mean. Well, I, I lose track of time too, and I think it was really that long ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the information, though. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for calling. We appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. All right, uh, we're we're about there. We're getting close to the to the top of the hour here. We got Louis Sirianni and the KTSA Automotive Show coming up. Get me on uh, the email at mbomba at windowworldtx.com. And Jim, you you can reach me at Jay Smith at windowworldtx.com. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.